Blog Talk Radio. Uh, what do you want? 
I can give you anything. I got I got I don't know, I got all the knowledge and speculation in the world of pro wrestling. Hit me. I'm ready to go. Well, you know, we got last week it got um it got a little contentious here on the show. Uh the the uh heavyweight champ of the BWO called in and uh you know, uh it was a little tense for a little while, a little tension in the show, but uh glad to have my tag team partner back. I think we we've ironed out at least uh some of our differences uh you know, we're going to try and keep things on uh, the, the straight and narrow because we're hoping to hear from Tristan at uh, uh, some point today. Yeah, you know, I, I, I want to I wanna make mention to uh, our listeners and callers and uh, everyone who supports the show. I do want to apologize for my uh, unprofessional conduct towards our guest. Um, I felt at the time that we were being, you know, you and I were in the show, were being disrespected by this person. Um doesn't mean I have to like or agree with this, with this man's opinions on how he does business in the world of wrestling. I have uh, seen some of his work on YouTube. He's got a bright future in the wrestling industry. Um, and, uh, you know, from now on, I'm just going to stick to doing my job and, uh, you know, doing it, doing it well because I think I do my job very well. Um, however, I will not, and I repeat, I will not endorse what this individual, Tristan Law, does um, over in the, uh, the 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 BWO, the the Body Slam Wrestling Organization, and I will not back down if I feel threatened um, verbally or physically by this individual. So, uh, but Ken, I'll let you handle the Dynasty of Destruction news and and anything that you want to talk about when it comes to them. Uh, you know, uh, you you leave me out of it for the time being. But when the time is right, if I got something to say, I will say it, and I'll be the one hitting the hard-hitting questions on Tristan Law and the rest of the Dynasty of Destruction. Okay, then. Kind of a, a bit of an apology, but, uh, you know, putting put no, your... No, no, uh, that, 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 that's me being a man and swallowing my pride and owning up to my mistakes. I, I don't apologize for my opinions. I apologize for the way I expressed my opinions last week. Let's get that clear. Okay, so so you're you're, you're moving forward with a little more of a, a journalistic kind of approach to uh, what the BWO has got going on and, and the DOD and uh, Tristan Law. Absolutely. Fair to say? Okay. Yes. That's, well, you know what? As luck would have it, uh, the champ is actually on the line right now. So you know, why don't we just go right out to the phone since we're on this? Champ, are you there? Yes, sir. By popular demand, Tristan Law is back. On the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How you doing, champ? Not too bad. I was actually just listening right now on my uh, computer, and I hear that uh, Dave's actually apologizing. Dave, all you have to do is just say I'm sorry. We don't need the big the big song and dance. Just say I'm sorry. That's it, and it's over. Really? So you're telling me what to do. You're telling me how to handle this on my show? Well, I'm the, I'm the law. I make the rules, and I tell people what law. to do. If you don't like it, if you don't like it, you know exactly what you could do. You can find another radio show because Tristan Law is here, and Tristan Law is here to stay, baby. Hey, I'm not telling you to go anywhere, okay? I'm just telling you to respect other people. But I'll let you go on your song and dance. I'll let you banter and do whatever you like. I do have a question for you, though, and it's a serious one. Go for it. I've watched some of your I've watched some of your work and I like what I see out of you. And you're you know you're here to stay. I said it before. You got a bright future in the wrestling industry. However. You are the champion, but what about all the egos in the dynasty of destruction? Do you think all of them could handle just you being the champion? What happens if one day if one of your fellow cohorts 
wants to be the man, the standard bearer in the business, that wants to be the guy, the top guy holding your championship. How are all you going to be able to handle that? That's what I want to know. Well, you know what? That's a good question, Dave. And the answer to that question is everybody wants to be the quarterback, but somebody has to play running back. So that's all right. And we all know our roles within Dynasty of Destruction, and we play them well. We're like puzzle pieces. We fit together perfectly. You don't have to worry about what the Dynasty of Destruction, how they will feel with me being the champion. Because you know what? There's enough titles for for us all to have. I have the world championship. The tag team championship is home with the Dynasty. And the world champion, uh, the U.S. championship is coming soon. All we need is a women's champion. And with Ida Marie on our side, we have that championship soon. In the bank. So what you're saying okay. is that the right. DOD so kind of has it under control. You're just going to share the wealth. And you're just going to bring all the gold over to the DOD. That's right. So that, that that makes sense, Dave. So, you know, there's there's no ego there. Well, that's right now. But over time, egos develop. If, you, if, if Let's take Tristan, you have a bad night in a non-title match. And one of your one of your pals, one of your running buddies, they perform really well enough where they've earned themselves an opportunity at your championship. Are you against facing one of your fellow members of the Dynasty of Destruction? Wow, you you seem like a guy that likes to stir the pot. The Dynasty no, of Destruction, we do not fight each other. That's asking real questions. That's wrestling we, is an individual entity, an individual sport. Nobody remembers tag teams at the top of the wrestling industry. It's all about one person. One guy sells the T-shirts. One guy sells the programs and the magazines. Not two guys, just one. So, so what are you trying to tell me? You're trying to tell me you want to see the dynasty fight each other? That's what you want to see? If that's what I'm you want to see, if no, that's I'm what you want to see, Mr. Dave, don't worry about that, okay? You're you asking the questions, all right? And don't worry about what the dynasty does. If you want to find out what the dynasty does, you can come see us. When when is the next event we can see the Dynasty in action? The next BWO show will be July 21st. That's a Saturday at the American Legion in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. Dave, if you, Ken, if you as well, and anybody else that's listening to the Ken Reedy Show on KenReedy.com, on the KenReedyShow.com, want to find out what's happening, show up. Tickets are 10 bucks in advance. Order them from the website. Like us on the Facebook if you want to see all the banter that goes on. Because every now and then you have some little, some little non-Dynasty member that has something to say. And it, just so, so our listeners know, and, and that is the BWO, you guys go third Saturday of every month, correct? Third Saturday religiously of every month. It's been going like that for the past three years. Okay, so if you want to check out what the BWO and DOD are doing, third Saturday of every month, and make sure you check out their website. Uh I want to know what your thoughts were. You were there live last week at the WWE pay-per-view. Uh, what was the uh, climate in the arena? What was the crowd like? And what did you think of the pay-per-view last week? Huh. Well, after all, I, c- I can't tell you what the climate was like because I'm a superstar. I don't sit with the regular fans. I was sitting in one of the, in one of the VIP boxes. But from what I saw, all the fans seemed to be enjoying themselves. I think overall it was a very good pay-per-view. I enjoyed it. Uh, what was your match of the night? My match of the night had to be... My match of the night had to be the ladies' match. Really? You enjoyed the ladies' match? Of course. The only thing that was missing was a little bit of uh, baby oil. But, you know, 
Now let me ask you, when, where you were sitting, and and you know, obviously the champ. I mean, you know, you got to have a luxury box. Uh, of course. Uh, was it tough for the fans in and around where you were to pay attention to what was going on in the ring with with a man of your stature that nearby? Actually, there was a there's a sliding glass on the front of the VIP box or the luxury box, as you'd like to call it. So when the law's in there, the law closes it because. It's climate controlled. I don't want to breathe the same exact air that those that those lower class citizens are breathing. So I stay in my luxury box with me and my boys. Close the luxury box, and I don't have to worry about what they're doing. They can't hear me, and I can't hear them. All the better. Hey Tristan, I got a quick question for you. Go for it. Don't those lower class citizens help pay your salary and buy tickets to come see you? Because you said you last week you said they were all there to see you. So. Why are they such lower-class citizens? You should be appreciating what they're doing for you by putting their hard-earned money into buying a ticket to pay to see you, even if it, even if it is you sitting in a luxury box with a couple of your buddies. Wow. You don't get it. You ever heard of a guy called Rampage Jackson? Huh? Yeah, you I ever have. Heard you ever heard of him? He's a badass yeah. man. He's a badass man. And, okay. Yeah. And get he, that? I think it's just to see him get his ass kicked. Everybody buys tickets to come see me get my ass kicked, but I'm just too great in the ring. You see, what you don't understand is that I'm a badass man. They build jails because of me. Do you know that? People don't have a choice but to obey the law. I, I, think, I think jails have been long, long been around before you even had a wet dream about the wrestling business, but go on. Wow. You know what? You're going to have to make me come down to the studio and punch you right in the mouth. Is that what you want? Because we have no respect for the law. I'm in my own You are not above the law. Do you understand? If anything, you are beneath the law. You are beneath my feet. Let me me stop right now. I'll let you continue with that verbal diarrhea that you got going on, and and I'll bow out of the rest of this conversation until you get off the phone. Can we show show the champ a little respect? A little bit of respect. Go change your tampon, Dave. Go change your tampon. I'm showing him respect. I showed him plenty of respect. I asked him questions. He was ducking and dodging them. I showed him plenty of respect. Now, obviously, right now, in the world of professional wrestling, uh, quite possibly the, the strongest faction in the world of wrestling could could very well be the DOD. Uh, oh as a really? student of the game, and I know that that's what makes you great, man, that you've taken things from everybody throughout history, you study, you're a student of the game, and, and that's where your greatness comes to fruition. I, I'm curious, what were your favorite factions uh, growing up? Is that a question for me? Yeah, it's for you. What were your favorite factions? All right. My favorite faction was the original NWO. Uh, my favorite faction was, uh, my other favorite faction was actually Nation of Domination. And if you don't know why, you need to go on my Facebook, look at some pictures, and figure it out. <laughs> I did, you know, the Nation was scary. The Nation, the Nation was definitely was a-, a good faction. And and they don't come up often enough when people talk about good factions, but they were a very good faction. Oh, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to promote? I've heard rumors that uh, you'll be wrestling for the uh, ECPW as well. That's correct as well. Um, I'm wrestling in a, in a cage match uh, in Middletown, New York, at the Orange County Fair. That takes place Thursday, July 26th. It's going to be a steel cage match. 
I'm facing uh, a guy by the name of Mike Iannuzzi. I've beat this guy plenty of times, so, you know, I decided to be nice and give him one more chance to beat me in the match of his choice. And the guy decided to choose the cage match. I've never had a cage match. He's never had a cage match. So, you know what? This is going to be this is going to be one for the history books. That's all I have to say about that. Sounds also, great. Looking forward to seeing you out there, champ. Also, scheduled to, to be on that show as well is uh, the mouth from the South, Jimmy Hart, and Greg the Hammer Valentine. They will be taking. They will be uh, going against Andrew Anderson, who's the ECPW World Heavyweight Champion. Wow, sounds like a a, a good card, and that's at the Orange County Fair, Fairgrounds. That's correct, so in Milltown, New York. You can come out, go to the fair, and go see some wrestling. And you know, you must go because you must go obey the law. Sounds like a great show, Champ. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Hope to hear from you again next week. If I'm not doing anything, I'll give you a call back. How's that? I, I would appreciate it. Thanks a lot for calling in. Not a problem. Thank you. Have a good right. show. Take care, man. And there you have it. Again, you know, Dave and Tristan are pulling on opposite sides here. Uh, you know, to me, he is the future of pro wrestling, and the future is now. And, and no one can stop the the uh, the, the outreach and, and, and how the DOD is just taking over the, the world of professional wrestling. And... and you know, I, I just think, Dave, you got, you got to get on board here, man. Listen, I told you, I'm going to do my job. I did my job. I asked him questions. It's not my fault he's offended with my questions, okay? I asked pretty fair, journalistic, integrity-like questions, okay? It's not my problem that he didn't like it, okay? I didn't, you know, I was a man, I swallowed my pride, and I apologized for the way I acted towards him about my opinion of him and the Dynasty of Destruction. And being the guy that he is, he decided to embellish that apology that I had and make light of it, okay? All I did was did my job, and I'm going to continue to do my job. And if he doesn't like it, he doesn't have to answer questions from me. Bottom line, he's got you as the number one bandwagon for the Dynasty of Destruction. He can answer them all from you, and I'll just go take a piss break like I do during the Divas matches. Basically, you know, see, but that's what I'm saying, though. That's like, it's, it's the tone here, man. Like, you know, I mean, he's the champ. He's got the gold. He's the, the benchmark the of, of the insane. I watched his stuff on YouTube. I think he's got a bright future. I've done history on him. I'm not saying the guy ain't got skills in the ring. I'm not saying any of that at all. I asked him questions. He was offended by him. I don't think there was anything offensive that I asked him. It sounded like he was ducking and dodging. But you he's the champ. He can answer what he wants to answer, and he doesn't have to answer what he doesn't want to answer. That's, That's what happens when you got the goal. I showed him plenty of respect. I showed him plenty of respect. Uh, you know, I, I think maybe you need to go back and listen to the show. Okay. Got to be a little more respectful here. Please continue with the rest of our show that doesn't have anything to do with Tristan Law and the Dynasty of Destruction. Let's talk about the wrestling that people want to hear about. Okay, okay. You know, well, let, let's let's all take a deep breath. I mean, I think people enjoy hearing how the DOD is doing, but you're right. We should probably get into uh, the other stuff and, and the televised stuff. So let's let's take a deep breath. Move past. Thanks, Champ, for calling in. And, you know, we're hoping that you call in again. I at least enjoy hearing from you. But um, let's I get into. I enjoy hearing it, but let's continue on. Let's get into the goings-ons. 
in the world of professional wrestling on, on a TV side of things. And, you know, we're going to lead off this week with a, a little TNA discussion. Um, TNA has the world of wrestling abuzz, so to speak. Uh, solid, solid product lately. Uh, put that out there right now. Very solid product. Uh, entertaining impacts. Slammiversary was a tremendous pay-per-view. And dare I say, I will say, I will dare, 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 that lately, over the past month, I would say the product put out by TNA has been better than the product put out by the WWE. Okay, that being said, we have had a story arc running uh, with uh, Dixie Carter and AJ Styles. It looked like they were having an affair. As it turns out, they were assisting a pregnant addict get through rehab. Uh, That was the payoff on Thursday night. Dave, was the payoff worth it? Um, at first glance, no, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I think, uh, I think, I think in some ways there's some gaps that weren't filled to get to this payoff. I mean, we're, you know, you saw backstage segments for a few, you know, for the past two weeks where AJ and Dixie would be discussing, like, we can't tell anybody. This is going to hurt a lot of people. And, you know, it was insinu- it was insinuated by the, the tel- to the television audience that the two of them were having an affair and, you know, they're going to, like I said, they're going to hurt a lot of people if the truth comes out. Like, first of all, it wasn't explained how these two, the AJ and Dixie, know this girl. Second of all, why? How would the television audience equate hurting somebody, hurting the hurting people, by telling this truth that they're helping this drug addict get clean? I don't get that. I, I just it, it, I didn't I didn't see any I didn't see the logic in that. You know what I mean? Like most people. Which, you know, if they saw two people like AJ Styles and Dixie Carter try to help a drug addict come clean, they would commend that because they're being a friend to that person. They're, they're trying to help that person have a cleaner, better life. I don't see what, how and why AJ and Dixie and the storyline would think that people would be hurt by it. And why wouldn't Dixie tell her own husband that her and AJ are trying to help a drug addict get clean so that her husband doesn't think that, She's, you know, spread their legs for the phenomenal AJ Styles, and then he goes ahead and clocks them. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why would you keep that a secret to him? I don't get that. It's just the, the only saving grace from this is the fact that Daniels came out and he it's it kind of leading into something that he knows this girl and the real truth is going to reveal. So I think it's still got some time to develop. They can kind of save this a little bit if they have a good explanation next week. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, there's some weird things here. Now, I guess the the hurting when they're um, saying, you know, we can't say anything, it'll hurt too many people, I guess it's, uh, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, just her. I mean, when they're saying people, you're right. You know, like, who else is going to get hurt by this? Like, you you have two people who are doing a, a saintly act, and, uh, you know, they saying we can't tell anybody because it'll hurt too many people. It, it'll hurt one person, and you're right. Like, why wouldn't a husband know? Um, now, hopefully, they'll develop that over time. As far as uh, you know, uh, maybe there's more to this. Uh, but what's interesting is is why did because when Daniels came running down to the ring, he was yelling, "Get her out! Get her out!" Almost like he knew that this was the explanation, and he was purposely. Uh, perpetrating a lie, uh, which is fine because he's a heel. So, you know, perpetrate that lie, my man. But, you know, it's like, why Why does he know? 
Like why why does Daniel know uh this big secret? Like how did uh you know he get the the knowledge on this? So yeah, it was it was weird. Uh the payoff wasn't there. Uh I'd like I have not heard a report, but I'd like to say all the best to Kaz. Um, because man, um, yeah, AJ with the power bomb, I can't imagine he does not have a concussion. Uh we watched that back a few times in slow motion and his head snapped back and hit that canvas and he just kinda slinked out of the ring. Uh definitely looked like it hurt. Would not be surprised if he's not uh at least in competition this week on impact. Um but I didn't like the payoff, although I was very happy that we weren't going to see any more backstage. Uh, if I had to see AJ and Dixie one more time look at each other and say, we can't say anything. No, we can't. No, we can't. We have to. No, don't. But we should. But we can't. But, oh, my God. It was like enough. I mean, there's just way too many of those. And you know what? Neither one of them are good enough actors to, to do that uh, that many times. Uh, the interesting take on this storyline was, and if you get a chance to go over to the website, I mean, you're all wrestling fans, so everyone I'm sure, you know, Mike Johnson um, from PW Insider, uh, he really, you know, it's a great take on uh, the world of wrestling and, and uh, you know, different ways of looking at things. And, you know, he's his own man. You know, he, he calls as he sees it, and he, uh, you know, develops his opinions based on, you know, what he thinks. Um it was interesting that he said one of the biggest things, if you don't like this storyline, um, but TNA is live. And for better or worse with this storyline, uh, number one, it opens up a lot of questions. Where are they going to go with this? What are they going to do? Where is this storyline going to go? What is this woman going to do? How is she going to be involved? Is there something more? Um, in being live... Whether you like it or not, it kind of adds that almost soap opera element that leads you to want to tune in next week. Where are they going to go with this? Um, it's an interesting take. Again, I wasn't satisfied with the payoff, but as Mike Johnson expounded on, on the virtues of, of this, uh, he did bring up some really good points. Your thoughts, Dave? Um, he does make a good point. Um just by hearing from what you said, because I didn't read the article personally, I will I will read it uh, after the show. Um, it helps them being live because there's no spoilers, first and foremost. And secondly, you have something to build towards to get people to tune in later on from a ratings perspective. So, I mean, it... it he makes he makes, from what it sounds like you know from what you've what you've uh, mentioned he makes a good point about it and um, you know if you read the spoilers and which I have before and we all have um, it almost it almost like you you set yourself up for when if you're going to watch you're like all right well I know when I'm not going to watch I know when I'm going to go take a piss break I know when I'm going to go get something to eat you know I can fast forward through the DVR and this you know kind of thing so. It, it completely helps 100% that they are alive, and it adds a little bit more of a anything goes, you never know what's going to happen kind of feel, but at the same time, you're building towards something like they built towards the end of the show for, 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 this, for this payoff. Granted, the payoff wasn't the greatest. So I think, I think it helps being alive, and in my opinion, regardless of the ratings, 
and how well they do at the end of this summer run that they want to do that they, they want to run Impact Live. I think they should just keep Impact Live on Thursdays and build that brand for Thursday nights. Make Thursday night to be you know the wrestling night for them. You know what I mean? Live as opposed to you know everything being taped. I understand things cost money, but in order to make money, you got to spend money. Agreed. And, and, you know, again, I think TNA needs to, you know, look at everything they do. And, and if spending less money, if they were able to, again, we've talked about it a, a thousand times, you know, less pay-per-views would probably be great on both on both companies. Uh, pay-per-views are just, they're not special anymore. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not going to claim to know the economics and how to run a wrestling company and putting it out there. But, if it was possible to save money and do less pay-per-views in a year and use that money to go live each and every week with Impact, that's where Impact should go. That's the direction they should go in and then maybe build towards more pay-per-views. Uh, the live really helps them. And Hogan had said repeatedly that that's really where TNA needed to go and give Hogan credit. Hogan was right. Um the live really adds something, and again, as much as you don't like the payoff, and again, I'm not sold on what the payoff was, but the good thing about this payoff is there are more questions asked. And in good TV, I'm not even going to talk about wrestling, but good TV, what you want in, in storylines is a, a progression of the plot where you continue to ask questions but then you answer the question, but you ask new ones. And that was that was always my problem with Lost. Lost asked a ton of questions and never gave me a goddamn answer for any one of them. Okay? That's going forward, that was not good TV. The last few seasons of Lost was not good TV. They just kept asking new questions. What you want from good TV, from good writing, is to ask new questions as you answer some of the old questions. And what TNA did with this storyline, whether you want to say artistically or not that the storyline, the payoff was not good, they answered it. They answered the question. This is what was going on. It was not an affair. It was not something sultry and sexual. It was something actually nice. It was a good thing. So as of now, we know that, you know, for now, Dixie is not a slut and is not cheating on her husband. We know that AJ is an honorable guy, and he's going to remain, at least for the time being, a babyface. So they've answered those questions. We know what's going to happen pretty much with those two characters. We don't know who this woman is and why Dixie and AJ had to get involved. We don't know why they felt the need to keep it a secret. We don't know why Daniels knows about it. We don't know any of those things. We don't know why Daniels picked this to exploit AJ. We don't know why exactly did Kaz. I mean, the whole thing with Kaz was he stopped being friends. He, he basically turned on AJ because of this whole situation. Why? Why did him helping out an addict turn off Kaz? So what they've done is they've asked a series of new questions going forward which, again, with good TV, I think most wrestling fans are looking at this thinking, you know, I want to see where they're going to go with it, which ultimately is good for TNA. And on top of that, people are talking about it. People are talking about TNA. I've gone on Facebook, on, on, on my page, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show, other wrestling pages, 
uh, Busted Open on Sirius XM, great wrestling show. On their page, people were posting, TNA, did you like it? Did you not like it? And a lot of people didn't like it, but TNA was being talked about, and ultimately, that's what you want. And We used to have a, a saying in theater that there's no such thing as bad publicity. And I'm not necessarily so sure that I agree with that, but if you adhere to that philosophy, people in the wrestling world are, are talking about TNA. Good or bad, it's interesting. And want to go out to the phones because we have Tony on the line. What he's got to say, Tony, are you there? Yep, I'm here. How's it going? How's it going, fellas? Doing all right. Thanks for holding on. What you got for us this week, Tony? I'm actually watching uh, the ROH Best in the World pay-per-view. They're actually in an intermission right now, but it's been a good show so far. And uh, you know, speaking of ROH, any uh, technical glitches, or are they going smoothly tonight? Uh, so far, there haven't been any uh, no glitches this time, thank God. <laughs> but because uh, they work uh, on the last one, I get this one for free. So I'm watching it for you know, so instead of paying 15 bucks, I'm, I get to watch it for free since I got the last one. Nice. Yeah, it's funny considering like what we've had with with this show. And uh, last week, actually, Dave had a, a, a tremendous amount of problems trying to get somewhere to watch the pay per view because feeds weren't working and all this shit was going on. So. We don't really embrace technology too much, and I guess part of our problem with ROH is uh, just sitting in front of a computer watching pay-per-view. We, we we just don't trust it. Pretty much, yeah. Because I thought to see, I thought, oh my god, yeah. It's like it's like you look forward to these shows because Ring of Honor is a really awesome product, and it's just like you know, it's, it's like okay, is, is the stream is the streaming gonna uh, work, or is there gonna be some bullshit happening? <laughs> you know, because it's but uh, it seems to be all right. It seems to be all right. Uh, what matches have happened so far? Uh, I don't know. Are you a regular follower of Ring of Honor? I wouldn't say regular, but I try to follow when I can. I see Homicide was on there. Um, actually, the first the first match was it was uh, I don't know if you know, you know the Briscoes, the Southern guy, you know, them boys. Right. Yeah. It, yeah, they fought the. Uh, this is kind of weird. It was them against uh, Truth Martini's Guardians of Truth, and these guys came out and like freaking they were like the 2012 Executioners. Really? Yeah, I was just like, it was like, oh, man, oh, these, these guys are so feared. They can't even, I can't even say who they are. They come out wearing the executioner costumes. I don't know. I, I thought that was a little anticlimactic, but it was, it, it was okay. Man. It was a solid match. Um, they had Eddie Edwards over on uh, Homicide in a good match. Um, they just had Sid Finley and uh, Michael Elgin. Uh, Elgin, Elgin and, uh, went over there. And, uh, How did Finley look? He looked good. Yeah. Yeah, he looked good. He, you know, he's 53, and he's still, uh, you know, he looks, uh, yeah, he's, he's, in, he's in really good shape, actually. In good, in good shape? Still can go in the ring like he used to in the past? Probably, yeah. I think, I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. that match with uh, Elgin was really awesome. I thought. Good, good for him. Good for him. I've always been, a, I've always liked Finley. I thought he was, I thought he was a very believable character and, and uh, could have done a lot more in the, in the world of wrestling. Definitely could have, yeah. That's true. We were talking about uh, TNA and Impact and uh, the AJ Styles Dixie Carter uh, payoff. There, what, what did you think of? Well, what did you think of Impact as a whole as a show, and what did you think of the ending? Well, actually, up till the end, I thought the show was. I thought the show was good. I mean, you know, most of the matches I thought were, you know, were were enjoyable. Except, you know, like, except, you know, like Kurt Angle Robbie E was a squash, but you know, that was about it. But uh, I thought that the um, 
the opening of the show, you know, with Austin Aries saying that you know that the X Division champion can get the same, cho- you know, get to have the same choice that he's got now to either, you know, the, to relinquish the X title and get a world title shot. I actually, I actually like that. You know, I'm hoping that come next year, TNA remembers that they did this. <laughs> That's an excellent point. Yeah, I, I I don't know what you thought, Dave. I thought that was great too. I. I I think TNA is doing an excellent job at giving prestige to each and every one of their titles. They are. They're really giving. They're giving the belts meaning. Yeah, they're actually really giving the belts meaning. You know, they actually they uh, everything like all the belts. You know, especially like you know, of course, the world title. You know, Bobby Roode is like the. I mean, he, he's a hell of a champion. You know, and him and Aries, uh, Austin Aries, that, that at um, Destination X should be a really should be a really good match. Uh, but yeah, I um. I can, like I said, about the, uh, you, what were you guys saying? Yeah. What did you think of the payoff at the end, the AJ Dixie thing? Um, I actually, I actually, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to be, I knew I wasn't going to go for it. <laughs> but, you know, because you know, it was just like, you know, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be AJ and Dixie having a fling, you know, because, I mean, that would have been, you know, because it's like they were hinting at it all along. But it's just like, like you say, you know, it's like, um, I read uh, Mike Johnson's, uh, Article also about about what he said, you know, and he said one thing, you know, you know, you know, what uh, no matter what you think of it, is that it, it, you definitely didn't uh, didn't see it coming because uh, you know it's like I I, you know, I didn't ex- expect it to be it, that this big secret was aging Dixie or secretly uh, uh, helping out some pregnant drug addict or whatever. I mean, you know, like, yeah, I wish I, you know, I kind of wish they found a better actress to do the uh, the pregnant drug uh, addict because, uh, yeah, yeah, she she yeah. didn't. I mean, come on, I, I I've seen actresses who couldn't you couldn't give us one real tear. I mean, she was hysterical crying. There was no tears. Oh God, yeah. I mean, I I just when she first came out, I thought it was I thought it was Mrs. Styles. <laughs> I thought, you know, and I thought, you know, because even like what you were saying before, you know, like they were hinting that they weren't going to, because like they kept saying all week long, you know, it's like, okay, this, this is what going to impact. They're going to come clean and this and that. And then it's like, what the, f- they're not going to, they're not going to say it. They're not going to say <laughs> what these things. And, and it's like, you know, and then, this, and then this girl comes out or whatever. And it was just like, I thought that, oh man. The other, how, how the hell are the uh, pics in the videos that AJ and the, that Daniels and Kazarian had at uh, AJ feels like, that, that's just trying, they, they said that that was like to, uh, Prevent uh, anyone from finding out. It's like that, you know. I don't know. Like, like you said, there's a lot of questions to ask. You know, it's like in one angle, it's like, how do Daniels and Kazarian even know about this? And why wouldn't uh, Dixie and AJ want their, you know, why wouldn't she want her husband and AJ not want his wife to know that they're helping someone clean their act up? Exactly. I mean, but again, though, there there are questions. Uh, to be answered. Tony, it is always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for giving us a, a buzz. Tony is yeah. our guest blogger, the best blogger uh, in the business. Hey, Tony, I know you know we got you for Raw, SmackDown, and Impact, but you know what? If you're watching, you feel like throwing a blog our way for uh, the ROH pay-per-view, be sure to get that up there, too. I don't know if you you do that, but We'll get it up if you feel like giving us a blog there. But check him out on thekenreedyshow.com. Recaps all the shows. So if you have a technological difficulty and your cable goes out and you missed a show, just head on over to our website when, you know, the power comes back on or whatever. And, you know, you can read Tony's blog. Tony, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. All right. And, oh, by the way, before you hang up, my birthday is this Tuesday. I'll be 30. Wow. Happy birthday, man. 
Thank you. Yeah, buddy. All right. It's only a number, man. Enjoy. Take it easy. Well, there you go. We had Tony on there. And, yeah, you know, interesting stuff. You know, uh, he kind of shares our viewpoint. I'd like to go to our Facebook page, and we we have some opinion on there as far as impact and its ending. And it's interesting because we had Dave LaGreca from uh, Busted Open Fame, Series XM's premier uh, wrestling show. And his response to impact, he just quite simply said, good show, flat ending. Um, Joe Mikos wrote us uh, earlier on Thursday, right after Impact, uh, he wrote, B-plus, good show, I'm fine with the ending, although I believe I'm the only one. Uh, They could have gotten someone better to play the part of the drug addict, but I like the idea they went with. He continued on six minutes later. So, Joe, I hope you're listening. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for responding on Facebook. Joe also writes, I'm thinking the people they would be hurting is the addict's family. That is interesting. I didn't think of that great observation, Joe. When they're saying well, there's too many people that could be hurt by this, maybe this was being kept a secret by her and her family. Uh, Joe goes on to say she said she's a longtime family friend of Dave's, seeing that their family friends and Dave's family is a wealthy man. I guess here is too, and it could cause a lot of embarrassment within the wealthy social circle. Again, excellent points by Joe. If it was known of this girl's addiction, now it just it just explains why Daniels is involved and why Kaz turned his back on AJ. So Joe brings up some really really excellent points, and Joe, thanks for responding on the Facebook page. Um, yeah, the family and the the rich social circle, uh, those are definitely uh, reasons why they, they would have been keeping it secret. Good points by Joe, right, Dave? Yeah, and here's a point that I had thought of, too, that I did, I forgot to mention. You know, I brought up how Daniels kind of knows who this chick is, and maybe the truth will be revealed, but I have a small, small feeling, and I hope this doesn't happen, but I have a small feeling that Daniels and Kaz set this whole thing up because Daniels has been the one to enable this girl with her addiction to pills in some form or fashion. Oh, I mean, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. I, I, I hope that's not the case because I hope they don't turn Christopher Daniels into, you know, the, the fallen angel drug dealer of professional wrestling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, just hope, I just hope they don't go that route. But, I mean, obviously he wasn't happy she was there. So the the real truth could be revealed in some fashion that could end up hurting him. Another point too, you know, I mean, Joe brought up some great points. You know, stuff that you know I had thought of in the back of my mind, but just didn't come to the forefront. Um, but you know, the first week when that phone call was made, or when they when they played the phone call at the end of the show, you know, and Dixie fucking flipped out. It was like. Why would you flip out about that? You know what I mean? I don't get, like I said, there's just, there's some inconsistencies now, especially with the way this payoff came as to why, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I mean, I hope that in some fashion, some form or fashion that this gets explained better next week. Um, But I I just hope that they don't turn to Christopher Daniels into like some some drug dealer. Let's face it. If she had an addiction problem and it was because of him, then he should be fired and off TV. 
like in real life, like if he was providing her with pills and she got addicted and they were, you know, he was working in the place, like the company wouldn't want that. It would be bad press, so he'd have to go. But I just hope they don't go that route. Although it would be cool, you know, you're thinking like TV and like shows like Sons of Anarchy. I mean, if there was a drug dealer in town named the Fallen Angel, that would be kind of cool. That would that, work. That's, that's pretty badass. you you got to tweet Kurt Sutter about that one. There you go. That'd be awesome. Where's he at? Yeah, he's at the Fallen Angels. Uh, yeah, that'd be good stuff. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, they can't necessarily keep a guy employed if he was supplying her with the drugs. So be curious where they go with, with that storyline. Uh, give us a call. What do you think? 347-838-9815. That number again is 347-838-9815. Uh, we also had on Facebook, Ontario Hewitt wrote, Damn it, I want the fair angle. So someone was hoping that uh, Dixie and AJ were actually just flat out banging each other. So sorry that TNA disappointed you there. Um, what also begs the question, I mean, who knows? Sometimes with the writing especially you're doing a weekly live show, uh, you know, you, you kind of put something out there, and who knows where they were going with it. Maybe this wasn't the original angle. Maybe, like you're saying, when Dixie flipped out, uh, you know, maybe they started writing this as an affair angle and decided to change it midway through. I mean, things like that have happened in the world of professional wrestling as well as you know, any scripted uh, TV shows. So who knows? I mean, that might explain some of the inconsistencies. But you're right. Going forward, we want to see exactly uh, why she was this upset, why all this stuff is going on, and what is the involvement with uh, Kaz and the Fallen Angel. But again, we're asking these questions. We've spent a big part of the show talking about it. So when you're talking about it, the company is doing something right. And we're going to get to it in a little bit. We're going to go to our fe- uh, not our Facebook, our website poll question. KenReedyShow.com. Be sure to get on there. We're going to get to it in a couple minutes. Who is the most must-see pro wrestler out there right now? Go over there and vote. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But for now, we are going to go back out to the phones. Caller, are you there? Hello. Hello. Hey, guys. After the two-week hiatus, it's Dank, and I'm back with my phone call. Dank, welcome back. It's good to hear from you. How you been? I've been good. Trying to stay dry in Florida. Apparently, you know, they decided to uh, rain on us for the past couple of weeks. But, hey, you got to do what you got to do, right? Oh, poor you. You live in Florida where it's sunny all year round near a beach. Poor you. I know. It's killing my vacation time here. We've only been dealing with 100-degree weather here in the summertime and in, in, up in Connecticut, for Christ's sakes, and you're complaining about rain. We got our first touch of rain, like, on fucking Friday, briefly. So. <laughs> um, I called in a little earlier, and I had to hang up because I'm, I'm at work right now, but I listened in on that phone call from that wrestler. Apparently. Kristen Law. Yeah. And I think you asked him the wrong question, Dave. I know you asked him, you know, what if one of your members there of DOD would want to take on the belt? Well, you know, I think the question that should have been asked is, would he be okay or what would he have done if one of his members would have wanted to chant his belt instead of him? Would he have been okay with that? 
because at that point he wouldn't have been the quarterback anymore. He would have been the running back. And would he be running his mouth as much as he is if he wasn't the one holding the belt in his group? And oh see what God. his reaction to that was. Oh, my God, some clarity on this show. Thank you. <laughs> Roll on the red carpet. Dun, dun, dun. You know, and it just seems like this DOD take is a lot like the WWE has done in the past where um, I don't remember every wrestler that was part of it, but I'm, uh, I'm thinking of when uh, Triple H, Ric Flair, uh, Randy Orton, Batista were all like in this little gang together trying to take over the WWE, and then Randy Orton ended up winning the heavyweight title belt, and Triple H turned on him. I think that you can you can have this click, and you can have, you know, say that, you know, everybody's okay with not being the champion and all this and all that, but deep inside, everybody wants to be champion, you know, and not just, like, a tag team champion or... You know, the USA champs, everybody wants that heavyweight belt. And no matter how much crap you're talking and saying, oh, everybody's okay with it, everybody, you know, not everybody can be champion, one, somebody at some point on his little clique is going to turn on him. And I'd love for him to call back on that day or after that happens and see what he has to say about that. You know, he's, he said he's going to be calling us. I mean, he's been a regular guest the past couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, me and Dave fall on different sides of this. I, I am a full-on supporter of the DOD. Uh, Dave, not so much. But that is a good question. Um, That's a question. I should have had you on the line with me when that question was. I was so hoping. I wanted to text you and be like, please tell Ken to answer my call because I want two minutes on the phone with this guy. Please. Right. Um, my big question for this week is, um, now that there is a void in the general manager area in the WWE, who do you like in in the past in the past um, uh, general managers? Who do you think has had the most impact as a general manager while they were in charge of running the show? Who not necessarily the most memorable general manager, but who had like the most impact as far as tenacity, as far as you know, not necessarily just screwing the good guys over and putting the heels up front, but just overall was I want to say maybe like the best general manager around, and why? Wow, Dick, always like the thought-provoking questions. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to defer to you, Dave, first. I, I'm going to. I got to think about this. There's a couple people in mind, but uh, what are your thoughts on that, Dave? I got a couple people in mind. I mean, you know, for the most part, when the general manager authority figure title came into play years and years ago, it was the 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 base around the, the basis around that was you know what was really going to make that that storyline that angle money was the authority figure being the hated boss, and that's what Vince McMahon basically, you know, made, he made that character, and it and it worked, you know, he, I mean, he perfected it, and other others made it work. Um, you didn't see too many impartial general managers out there. Um, the, the ones who had the most impact, um, I'd probably have to say Eric Bischoff 
at some point when he when he returned you know to television in 2002 and ran he ran raw for a solid 3 years um Teddy Long another one um granted Teddy Long was a babyface Bischoff was a heel but at times Bischoff kind of changed his perspective he wasn't exactly a fan of evolution but he wasn't against them either um, Mick Foley had a good run for a while that had a lot of impact. I mean, Mick Foley's run, if you go back, if, if, if any of you out there have the Edge DVD, there's a segment in the DVD where they, uh, one of the extras, where they talk about the interaction that Foley had with uh, Edge and Christian. And his interactions with the two of them, and uh, obviously their work in those, those uh, skits and storylines, helped propel Edge and Christian to probably be, at that time, the best tag team in the company, probably even the best tag team in wrestling, because they were interacting with him and the work that they had done with him. Um, granted, Foley was a good guy, and he was favoring the good. He was trying to be impartial, but he was also helping out the good guys, too, as well, not necessarily screwing over the heels. But um, Foley and Bischoff come to mind. I think somebody who could have had an impact but didn't have as long of a run was Paul Heyman when he became the general manager of SmackDown. And I remember one, in, you know, it's good that you brought this question up, thanks. There's one quest, There's one time in particular, Heyman was the GM when he first started, and Vince was still around as the owner of the company, and Vince basically had a thing going on with Undertaker, and Heyman put Vince, the owner of the company, in a buried alive match with the Undertaker. And Heyman was, he was hated, but... He wasn't exactly a supporter of Vince McMahon either. He had somewhat of an impact. I think he could have had a bigger impact if they let him run longer with the general manager angle. And the other thing, too, with Heyman was that year, it was 2004, they did a draft. And in the draft, Raw, who was run by Eric Bischoff, drafted Paul Heyman, who was the SmackDown general manager. And then Heyman quit. And you didn't see him on TV for about a year, maybe even two. I think it was, yeah, it was about a year. I mean, imagine the stuff they could have done with, like, the Raw general manager basically being the boss of the SmackDown general manager. You know what I mean? Like, I just thought I thought Heyman could have had a better run. But Foley and Bischoff and probably Teddy Long come to mind as having the most impact. I mean, Vince is ahead of the class, but those three in particular are the ones that come to mind for me. Yeah, I like you know, it's funny because bringing up Heyman and Heyman being back, uh, to me, like, he's my guy. I would love to see him stay around, and even if they figured out a way to, you know, squash the lawsuit, so to speak, and and give him a position, give him a GM job, uh, I'd love to see Heyman back on TV. Uh, you're right, they didn't do enough with him. Uh, the one person that jumps to my mind is actually Vicky Guerrero. Um, aside for Teddy Long, because he did it for a long period of time, but uh, Vicky Guerrero, you know, as the GM, no one... You know, she didn't even have to. She didn't have to make a match. She didn't have to do anything. She just came out and yelled, "Excuse me!" And immediately she garnered some heat, and there was some interest. Um, so she was the one that jumped into my mind. Bischoff's another good name. Um, but you're right. The Godfather of the whole hated boss thing is is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And uh, you know, to put him in the fold as far as that GM quote unquote role or, or character, uh, nobody did that type character better than Vince McMahon did. Okay. that for you, Dank? I like it. Very nice. Um, I, I agree with both of you, actually. 
I mean, I was always a fan of Foley, but that's also because, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm wrong, I apologize, but he was appointed uh, GM after, there was, I think it was Bischoff, they appointed Foley for a little bit, and he was like a, a breath of fresh air, and for once he was the one, quote-unquote, screwing over the heels and just making it, I don't know, like he just, he seemed to make the job more fun than just, okay, uh, it almost became predictable with when, you know, when the when the general manager is a heel, the matches always, always almost become predictable in who's going to face who, whereas Foley was always like just, he would pick some random guy and be like, okay, you're wrestling him tonight, and I'm just like, okay. You know, you, you, you had to almost roll with the punches because you just did not know what to, as a fan, not know what to expect when Foley was GM, which for me personally made it a lot of fun. It's just I, a good, I, a good character. Uh, you know, uh-huh. And let's not forget the computer. Let's not forget the anonymous GM when the speaking spell was in charge of Monday Night Raw. That was that was a fun period of time to be watching wrestling. Thanks. Yeah. Always a pleasure and always provoking. Are we going to get you next week? Uh, yes, you will. I got one last thing, if you don't mind, Will, real quick. I know okay. that you guys usually do it, but this week I'd like to have an opportunity to give a nod of approval. Sure, and why not? Go ahead. I can. I'd like to give it to John Cena because I found out that this week he has granted through Make-A-Wish Foundation, which is a foundation which I follow and my girlfriend follows, he has granted his 300th wish for a child that went through the Make-A-Wish, and he took the time to go and meet 300 different children since he started the WWE, and I think that's an awesome thing to do. That's you know that's, that's a good one and I, I can't argue with that. Uh, it's a good nod of approval and kudos to John Cena. Um, one of those things that in the world of professional wrestling, you know, you know, if this was uh, Michael Jordan doing this, you'd hear it on every news outlet on the planet. Uh, you know, wrestling and wrestlers do not get enough uh, positive attention. Uh, you know, if there's something negative, he loves to jump all over the industry of pro wrestling. Something positive, you don't hear enough about it. So. Uh, Consider the Kudos. schedule that wrestlers have with pay-per-views, raw, regular shows, you know, they're going overseas for the military, and he still found time to, you know, meet up with 300, and he's still going strong. That's, to me, that's a hero. That's somebody right, that... Right. That's a good to. point, Dan. But I took Thanks. enough time up here from you guys. It's always fun. I'll uh, talk to you guys tomorrow night through uh, with Raw, and I'll call you guys next Monday. Thanks a lot, Dank. Thanks for the call. No problem. Yeah, I mean, Thank Dank brings much. up a good point. Not to, you know, don't have to go into detail with this, but, you know, what John Cena has done over the years uh, with, with granting wishes and, uh, you know, the, the pictures you see with him and kids and, and, and what he's done. I mean, yeah, you guys are right. Yeah, he sucks. Fuck John Cena. He sucks. He's the worst. <laughs> Jesus, come on. Yeah, I mean, you know, he is what he is, and the kids like him. But you know what? Is I mean, is that necessarily a bad thing? I mean, everyone's got their role to play. Everyone's got their their character, and and you know, this is what he does, and he does it well. And you know, there are a lot of kids that are better off now for meeting John Cena. And you know, three hundred kids, 
The uh, you know Make a Wish has been around for a long period of time. You know Make a Wish was around long before John Cena, and John Cena is uh, the record holder for most wishes granted uh, by any celebrity. So uh, congratulations, John Cena, three hundred wishes. Uh, you know hopefully you get at least three hundred more. Uh, you have tuned into the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. The number to call is 347-838-9815. The number again is 347-838-9815. On the other side of the break, more, more wrestling talk. Call in whatever you want to talk about. Check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Kennedy Show. Give us your nod of approval this week. Go to our website, thekennedyshow.com. We're going to be getting to that poll question shortly. Who is your must-see pro wrestler in the business today? But for now... Here's day five with a 50-50 update. Thank you very much, Ken. This is the day five report brought to you by the Ken Reedy Show. Our top story this week is a follow-up story from last week. The Wrestling Observer reports that TNA star Chris Sabin had gotten reconstructive knee surgery this past week. Sabin was injured in the Ultimate X match on Impact two weeks ago. Doctors now say Sabin is likely to miss six to nine months of ring time. A bad break for the former X-Division champion. In our second report, ProWrestling.net reports that TNA filed a complaint on Monday in a Davidson County court asking for an injunction to prevent former star, TNA star, Scott Steiner, from making disparaging remarks on his Twitter account. Steiner has been taking shots at Fischoff, Hulk Hogan, and daughter Brooke Hogan for some time now, as well as asking fans to not watch segments of Impact involving the three aforementioned names. TNA claims Steiner's comments violate a contract he signed in December 2010 that stipulates he is forbidden from making public statements, including tweeting, regarding TNA or its officers, wrestlers, or other individuals without approval. In our third story, former WWE superstar Ken Stone, a.k.a. Kenny Dykstra of the Spirit Squad, is added again. His target, dot, 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 dot. He's at it again. Last weekend, Dolan went on Twitter telling a few stories of Cena. First, he states that Cena had an affair with Mickey James, who was dating Dolan at the time. Dolan says the affair led to the breakup of James and him, as well as his release from the company in 2008, and that Mickey's backstage meltdown about Cena refusing to date her because he was going to become married very shortly, also led to her release. Don't also claim Cena had an affair with another nameless diva before his affair with Mickey James. Don't's story sounds plausible, but there are always two sides to every story. Sadly, I doubt we will ever hear the other side of this one. But if you're listening out there, John, and yes, I'm talking about you, John Cena, and you would like to air the truth or your side of the story, we here at the Ken Reedy Show would be more than welcome to roll the red carpet for you. In our fourth story, SEFScoops.com reported that this week the WWE chairman Vince McMahon issued a directive to WWE scouts recruiting athletes as prospective talent. They must meet a size requirement of 6 feet 2, 240 pounds. McMahon has concerned that too many of his top talents are approximately 200 pounds and under, small by his standards. McMahon believes that many of his stars don't have enough crossover appeal because they don't possess the typical WWE superstar look of past history. And in our final story of this week, somewhat of a sad, depressing story, 
Figure4WrestlingOnline.com is reporting that Scott Hall no-showed a scheduled Outsiders slash NWO reunion autograph signing at the Frankenstein Collectibles show in City of Industry, California on Saturday. Hall was scheduled to reunite with Kevin Nash and former NWO members Lex Luger, Scott Steiner, and Buff Bagwell. Reports say he missed both of his flights for reasons unknown. Nash took the blame with promoters due to him urging them to book Hall for the event, thinking he would make it. Given Hall's checkered past, many dirt chiefs will probably speculate his reasons for not showing. I hope nothing too serious caused him not to appear and everything is okay with the bad guy, Chico. And don't forget, August 4th, Northeast Wrestling, Fishkill, New York, Dutchess Stadium. One night only in the Hudson Valley, the immortal Hulk Hogan makes his return. Also scheduled to appear on that show, Jerry the King Lawler, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart, Lita, Mickey James, Matt Hardy, Rebby Sky, and just announced this past week, the man they call Vader. Meet and greet sessions begin at 4 o'clock with Hulk Hogan, bell time 7 p.m. Check out northeastwrestling.com, Northeast Wrestling Online, to see if there are any more tickets left, because from what I hear, this show's going fast. As always, that's been your Dave 5 Report by me, the co-host with the most, Diamond Dave. Now back to you, Ken. And thanks, Dave, for that riveting news report, all the going on in the world of professional wrestling. You know, interesting, Dave, uh, you know, one of the stories you had in your update, um, the Vincent Kennedy McMahon uh, having size uh, requirements going forward. And what would you say that exactly that size was 6'4", 240? Yeah, something like that. 6'2", I believe. Yeah, I mean that's that's some big, big size. Um, you know it's funny. I mean in the world of pro wrestling, um, I know a lot of people probably do. I, I can't say that I have a problem with that. Uh, you know there I I've heard some reports. Uh, you know online and fans saying you know uh, why do you have a size update uh, size requirement rather? Um, but I've noticed over the years. Uh, Size of of our our pro wrestling stars uh, have, have shrunk to a certain extent, and I, I kind of like my superstars being somewhat superhuman looking. Um, yeah, I, I I like it to a certain degree. I, I'm I'm of the philosophy. I mean, either or doesn't bother me. Um, you know, whether you're big or whether you're small. I mean, I, I look at it like this: if you're over with the people. And your work in the ring is good, solid, believable. Then I don't see any reason why you can't be the champion. Um, I mean, Daniel Bryan, you know, hell of a technical wrestler, submission specialist, was a world champion for four months. I mean, it was over, and he got more over when he lost the belt. So that goes to show that he could be a world champion sometime down the line in the future. I mean, CM Punk right now, he's the world champion. He's over. He's got, you know, he, he can talk. He's got, a you know, a, a, a an appeal with his looks and what he says and does to, you know, a certain demographic of the audience. And then, of course, you got your guys like John Cena, um, you know, who's a big guy. He's, you know, he, he possesses some superhuman strength at times, and he's got that, you know, all-American, you know, white meat, you know, red, white, and blue baby face look to him that appeals to 
a larger majority of the audience. So, I mean, it's it's a mixed bag for me. Um, but I, I don't mind it either way. Um, as long as they're not giving the belt to Hornswoggle or uh, Dean Malenko, then I'm good. <laughs> it's. I mean, I just look at it as like, it, I mean, again, personally, I, I have always thought, I, I want my stars larger than life. Um, my analogy I've always said, and I've said it several times on this show, for you to be the WWE champ or uh, the heavyweight champ, uh, if you were to walk into a bar, I should be scared to get in your face. Uh, that should That's the bottom line. You should be big enough where I'm like, I would not mess with this guy. Um over the past, like, you know, recent history, there have been a number of guys with the belt that, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily shy away from a fight with. Now, that's not to say, like, I know CM Punk could kick my ass. I know Daniel Bryan could kick my ass. I'm not saying I would win a fight with him. But if I was at a bar and CM Punk started with me and I didn't know he was a pro wrestler, I wouldn't necessarily back down. If Hulk Hogan back in the day got in my face, you're goddamn right I'm backing down. Uh, and so I, I do think there's a certain level of, of uh, superstardom, um, a certain level of, I guess, larger-than-life kind of feel. And, and there are certain guys like a Hogan, uh, even The Rock, uh, Triple H, uh, have this larger-than-life feel. Uh, some of these guys don't. Um, I agree with you. I mean, I think, you know, Daniel Bryan has done a great job. Uh, you know, he, you got what you're born with. You know, he... he I'm sure Daniel Bryan could love to be 6'5", but he's not. He's done a tremendous job with who he is and in what he does. Uh, CM Punk also, he's done a tremendous job. Um, but I do think, like, we're talking in terms of that, uh, is it really Vince's fault if, you know, we're looking at CM Punk? I mean, CM Punk is, um, you know, he's the WWE champ, one of the best in the business. You brought up Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, very over with the crowd. Uh, definitely a, a future champion. Um, you brought up John Cena, where as much as he's jacked, John Cena is really only... I mean, I've seen him in person. He's probably right around six foot. It would not shock me if he was, you know, 5'11". But, he, you know, you're not looking at a 6'2", 6'3", guy when you're looking at John Cena. I, I don't know offhand uh, what his listed height is, but from seeing him in person, he's right around six foot. I mean... Are we just saying that, you know, as much as people want to look at this and say, oh, my God, Vince doesn't get it. Is it just maybe right now there's just a shortage of larger-than-life type guys, and so we have a good supply of these smaller athletic types. We want to go and beef up our, our larger-than-life kind of types. I mean, is that... You know, is it, could it just be that there happens to be a bit of a shortage of the bigger guys, and and that's all this is, rather than being too much into it? Um, I wouldn't say shortage of bigger guys. I mean, you got Kane, who you know they really only pulled the trigger on him once to give him a run with the belt. Um, you know, they build him up to be a monster and demented. Yeah, but really and truly, though, not to cut you off, but how how much longer does Kane have? I mean, we're talking about an well, older I guy. Thought- well, yeah, I understand. I know you bring up a good point there, but you know, Ryback. I mean, they. I mean, obviously he's been in there with you know, uh, you know, a bunch of enhancement talent. You know, that those have been all his matches. I think he had one match with like Heath Slater or something on TV a couple months back. But um, I think I think they're grooming him 
that Vince loves him. Vince loves big guys. That's all he's that's all he's been about is big guys. I can go on and tell a, a small story. I had um, I had met um, Viscera um, a couple years ago, and he told me a story about you know he had to leave the company. He had pneumonia, and he also had some offers to do some movies and stuff. But Vince told him that you're more than welcome to come back anytime, and I can put you in something right away. And Every time that he had left and come back, they always put him in something meaningful. I mean, I can't tell you how many times he's worked with Undertaker. Um, Vince just loves big guys. I mean, Viscera told me a story where he was backstage. When they transferred over from him being the world's largest love machine to being like Big Daddy V, almost that, you know, new age version of a one-man gang, um, Viscera had... You know he's he's a big guy, so he had some he had some man boobs. I mean, it's probably bigger than some women's boobs. And <laughs> he had he had a T-shirt on underneath his singlet. He was going to wear similar to how the one man gang looked. And uh, Vince said, "You're going to wear a T-shirt." And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "He goes, well, you're gonna look at you, you see my boobs? They're not the great." He goes, "Take the shirt off." So he took the shirt off, and Vince just like lit up like a Christmas tree. He couldn't believe it. He was like, "That's how I want you to look." That's how you're going to look every week. You're not wearing a fucking T-shirt. And you saw when he came out, he had the singlet on with the straps, and, yeah, he had big boobs, but he had tattoos. He's just a big, intimidating guy. Vince loves big dudes. I mean, he fucking promoted Andre the Giant for years. You know what I mean? Like, Andre was a special attraction to Vince. Vince loves big guys. It's just, he, you know, it's, it's, he's got that he's got that mentality of like you know yeah the larger than life characters almost like you know almost like you're going to the circus in many ways you know where you see like you know the bearded lady and you know these these people that do things that no other normal human being can do and they have certain looks that no other normal human being looks like so um, that's, and that's I, you know and it's funny though because I, I don't I don't necessarily think that's totally a bad thing I mean. So, no, I don't think we, so either. We both have been lucky, and we've met you know a number of wrestlers over the course of of our our experiences in the business and and doing this show. You know, when I've met Hulk Hogan, you know, still, I, I immediately become twelve years old again. You know, there's a certain like you know when when you meet someone of that stature, it's like oh my, there's just something. Like, it's immediately, like, if you didn't know anything about wrestling, you would know that guy was a star. Uh, there's something very just off-putting, in a good way, when someone is that size. Um, I think when you're, when you're running a business like this, and people have said that, you know, Vince McMahon is the uh, P.T. Barnum of uh, the modern era. You know, I mean, having these larger-than-life characters is a good thing. And you brought up a good point. I mean, going forward... All right, they're pushing the hell out of Ryback. Um, again, he's going after these jobbers, and it's it's getting really old. You know, who's going to be Ryback's chief rival going forward? Uh, there's not the best crop of bigger guys. And again, you brought up Kane, but Kane's on the, the other side of his career. Uh, Big Show also. You know, who, know, who knows how much longer Big Show can go? He's getting a nice little run now. Uh, really intimidating, but... You know, it might be time to just restock, as they say in baseball, restock the farm system and, and get some bigger guys into the mix because, uh, you know, there's something to be said for that, that larger-than-life look, that uh, superstar look. And, you know, the conversation here has uh, spawned some talk on our Facebook page. And Arturo Hewitt posted, 
People don't like to hear it, but Vince is right. It's true. Wrestlers are seen by the outside world as big guys. For example, Hulk Hogan. Uh, Jonathan Lyman followed up. Most of the guys Vince are looking looking for are doing MMA now. And that's a good point. MMA has definitely pulled a lot of talent that years ago probably would have gone into pro wrestling, but now have gone into uh, MMA. Joe Mikos counters with, but who are three of Hogan's biggest rivals, Flair, Piper, and Savage, all smaller guys. Um, Ontario goes back at Joe and says, I get that, but you mean three guys. Hogan wrestled Andre, Ticker, Tugboat, Tenta, Zeus, Warrior, Flair, only because of the money. Uh, Ontario just wrote Macho Man was so damn good, and Piper was a monster heel. So this is a subject matter that definitely uh, gets people going, and I think for some people it depends on uh, your 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 taste in wrestling and who you uh, – you know, who you enjoy watching. For me, I've always enjoyed watching the big guys. I've liked that whole, uh, uh, you know, intimidation factor. I like seeing the larger-than-life guys. It's not to say that um, I don't enjoy watching the smaller guys. I mean, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, can, you know, put on a clinic on what to do in the ring. Obviously, I've always said my favorite of all time is uh, uh, Steamboat versus uh, Macho Man from WrestleMania three. So, uh, you know, it's something to be said for uh, the, the smaller athletic matches as well. But, you know, I'm thinking it's, we might be reading a little bit too much into the story. And maybe it's just time to restock and kind of bring in and see what uh, you can do with some of these bigger guys. I mean, you're going to have to restock the farm system. You're going to have to go and, and get some younger guys to, uh, you know, foot the bill as far as, you know, these these guys who are aging out, these monsters who are aging out and even – and I didn't mention even The Undertaker. I mean, The Undertaker right now, I mean, it really looks like who knows how much longer he's got, and however long he's got, really looks like this guy's going to be wrestling once a year. Uh, maybe we get a second match to set up a once-a-year match, uh, but we're really looking at uh, once a year. So I, I don't know. I, it might be just something that we're, you know, really don't need to read into, but it definitely uh, garners a, a bit of a... Uh, Opinions on both sides. So uh, keep the opinions coming. Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Um, also, KenReedyShow.com. Uh, check us out right there. And, um, you know, why not? Why don't we get to the poll question since we're talking about the, the website? And our poll question this week was Who is the most must see wrestler, must see wrestler in the world of professional wrestling? Today we want to know who you enjoy watching on a week in week basis. Who will you not change the channel for? And just for you, offhand, off the top of your head, who's your must see guy? Dolph Ziggler. I, I Dolph love Ziggler. Dolph. It's a that's a good bet. I mean, I I he's one of for me. If I had to pick one, I don't know if he'd be definitely my top, but he's definitely. He's won for me, and, and according to the poll here, he got one vote, which is 8% of the, the total vote uh, Dolph Ziggler got. Um, definitely a tremendous talent. I'm going to read off what the results of the poll are. Uh, we'll go from bottom to top. We had Dolph Ziggler getting one vote. We had a write-in vote. Kevin Steen. Uh, Joe wrote in and gave us Kevin Steen as his must-see guy. Uh, John Cena got two votes. Bobby Roode got three votes, and the top vote-getter was 
Bully Ray. So those are your votes right there. What I found interesting about this poll, and I think all these guys, you know, you could probably make a case that each each one of the guys on this poll is a must-see uh, wrestler, and you're not going to change the channel for any of these guys. What I found interesting is the man who put up a big goose egg, the one who got zero votes. Nobody thought that this guy was a must-see wrestler. The one and only Daniel Bryan, Captain Yes. yes! Well, apparently people are saying, no! I was shocked he did not get any votes. I think was the most surprising thing uh, for me in the poll. I, I'm honestly, and more for his mic skills than anything else, uh, for me, I agree with the results of the poll. I would go with Bully Ray. Uh, I The minute that guy grabs a mic, I am not turning off. Uh, the television. Uh, I think he is tremendous. Um, so I, I kind of agree with the results. What I also find interesting is, is um, number one and number two, both TNA guys. Uh, another interesting aspect of, of the poll. Uh, Dave, are you surprised they not get one single vote? I am very surprised. I, I honestly, like, he's... I mean, his momentum slowed down a little bit since WrestleMania, but he's been on fire, man. Like, in-ring work, the, the the promos he's done on TV, you know, with Punk and AJ, and now Kane's involved. I mean, you know, it's funny. When he comes on TV, especially, like, on Raw and SmackDown, you know, I'll, I'll, I DVR it, you know. So, he'll come on and... I'm interested. I'm always curious to find out, like, you know, especially what cities they're in, like, how much of a positive reaction he's going to get. It obviously will never reach the levels of what took place in Miami at WrestleMania and the night after on Monday Night Raw when I was at both of those events. And, uh, you know, I've always, I'm always curious, you know, like, you, on on Raw, like, the past couple of weeks he has gotten some, he has garnered some boos, but you'll still see people in the crowd with their hands up in the air chanting yes. So, I mean, I mean, he's garnering a huge, re- you know, he's garnering a reaction, whether it's, you know, negative or positive from the people. Um, I mean, he's probably selling a shitload of them T-shirts. So I'm surprised he didn't get a single vote. And that, 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 that shocked. I would have figured he'd gotten more than Dolph Ziggler, and I picked Dolph Ziggler. I would be. I was. I was shocked there too. I mean, I thought. I honestly thought there was a good possibility he was going to win the poll. The other thing I was shocked at, and and I purposely left him off because I was kind of curious if I'd get some of the the outrage out there from uh, some internet wrestling fans. But I purposely left Punk off the list, thinking that I'd get a bunch of write-ins uh, for CM Punk, but uh, no write-ins for him. So. Uh, you know, Mr. John Cena winds up beating both Daniel Bryan and CM Punk in this poll as far as um, C wrestlers. So I, I thought the results of the poll were, were very interesting. Um, and, and obviously, since on the KenReedyShow.com, it's right and it's law. So that's what it is. Bully Ray is the best in the business right now, and Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are just shit. So there you go. And that's why we do this. That is what we're doing here at the Ken Reedy Show. We're just we're cutting through all the BS and telling it like it is, and that's obviously what the case is in the world of the pro wrestling. Bully Ray, best in the business. 
Daniel Bryan, not so much. So there you go. There you have it. That's the poll question. Be sure to check us out each and every week. We'll put up a new poll question on the KenReedyShow.com. Oh, the whole bunch of other stuff. We just revamped the whole damn thing. Website's really cool now. All sorts of neat stuff and blogs and polls and, and ads for indie stuff and new pictures. And it's oh, the new website just kicks ass. So be sure to go and check that out. Uh, let us know what you think of the website. And check out tomorrow. We'll have a poll question. You know, if you got any ideas, post it on our Facebook page. We'll take ideas for a poll question. Uh, put it up there on the website. But going forward, you know, as I'm saying, because we right here on this show, we really do. As we saw with the poll question, we got our fingers on the pulse of what's going on in the world of pro wrestling. It's almost like we say it here, and then it starts happening in the world of wrestling. I'm curious who out there is listening to us. It, it you know, probably is someone in creative that's listening to the show. But a few weeks back, we did a show on what we wanted to see as far as tag wrestling. I think Dank brought up the question, and we went off on a, on a tangent on how we could save the world of tag team wrestling. We love good old-fashioned tag team wrestling. Uh, we grew up on, on good tag wrestling. You know, for Dave and I, we grew up on a lot of, the, you know, uh, the Rockers and, and the, the British Bulldogs, the Heart Foundation, um, you know, just great tag wrestling that has just died over the years and lo and behold i gotta say the past few weeks in the wwe man i like what i'm seeing in the tag team division dave your thoughts i like it too i think it's um i i think it's a step in the right direction i hope they keep going with it i mean um they may they're 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 making just about every team seem important and they're they got a storyline for it um, which I think is pretty cool. I think that, uh, you know, I, I liked how they, uh, you know, they, 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 they put, you know, A.W., a. Abraham Washington with uh, Young and O'Neal, the uh, the primetime players. I thought I think that was a good fit for them. And, uh, you know, him, they didn't really develop too much with him and uh, Primo and Epico and Rosa, but now it sets up Primo and Epico versus, the you know, the primetime players. The Usos have, a, you know, the Usos have had some personality over over the past few months with the, the Samoan dancing that they do in their entrance, and you know they're pretty exciting to watch. And uh, so I mean it's it's coming now more to the forefront. I know that they wanted to tag Gabriel and uh, Justin Gabriel and Tyson Kidd together, and they seem to uh, they, they seem to mesh well and, and gel real well. Um, so uh, I mean I, I I like it. You know I'm just curious with Kofi. You know our truth's out with a broken foot. I mean I don't know how long he's expected to be out, but are they going to give Kofi a new partner or are they going to drop the belts or something? I mean, I don't know what they have planned um, with that. Um, it, it looks like they're going in the direction that Young and O'Neal are going to get the belts. And uh, I would hold off on that because I still, I still think that, you know, they still need to develop themselves more as characters um, in order for them to be a legitimate threat, not just giving them a title shot after they had won, you know, two matches. Um but I'd like to see some more teams. There are other guys that like if, like Re- Tyler Rex and uh, Kurt Hawkins have been tagging for a long time, um, you know. And and Santino, he's tagged off and on with a few guys, and he tagged with Zach Ryder a while back. I mean, you know, you want to give those two guys something to do. They could be somewhat of a comedy tag team. I mean, make it important again. You know, I would with this new network coming up. 
I think it would be a pretty cool idea if they did a show. You know, they're talking about doing a show based on cruiserweight wrestlers. I think they should do a show based on tag team wrestling, um, where they maybe they tape segments, you know, before Raw and before SmackDown, where it's just strictly tag team matches, and they got a storyline for tag teams, and and then you know the hook is that you get maybe one tag team match on each show on Raw and SmackDown each week um, for the live show. And that you could, you know, promote the network. You want to see tag team wrestling or the WWE network? I mean, I think I think that would help um, to really have tag team wrestling stick out in this generation, in this day and age in wrestling, and and make it something different than it was. Leave some of the same old tag team wrestling values from the past, but add some new twists to it. Like I said, maybe with a tag team wrestling theme show, and you can even bring in old tag team wrestlers. I mean, I told you about the storyline I wanted to, you know, pitch for, uh, for tag teams and to revitalize the division. So um, it's nothing but a step in the right direction. I'm just curious um, where they're going to go with Kofi because he's, you know, an island unto himself. He's had uh, a couple of bad breaks with uh, Evan Bourne's two suspensions, and now R-Truth's got a broken foot. So I wonder what they do with him. Yeah, I feel bad for Kofi, but because he can't seem to get a break. I mean, every time he's he's got a little bit of momentum, you know. I think tag team wrestling perfect for him, and it just yeah, poor guy, nothing seems to work. But you know, again, I go back to like our show, and what were we saying? Bring some of these young guys in instead of trying to make them a a singles competitor, you know, and kind of forcing them somewhere where they kind of get lost. Start putting together tag teams, and that's what they're doing right now. Um, I love the Usos. I, I I think the Usos are great. When they come out on, on the top of that ramp, and you know, slapping them as I was doing it. But with like a Hawaiian shirt and everything, like the whole getup. <laughs> but I, I dig that. I think it's it's kinda cool. It it's an homage to their culture. Um but it's something that, that sets them apart. Uh what I really like about them, they are a true team. Um, you know, they they are the first the only team really right now that, that they came in completely as a tag team. We only know the Usos as a tag team, uh, I, I love that about them. Um, and I, I do think what they're doing well right now is the Usos do not have the titles. And the Usos are getting popular. And they are a true tag team. And what they have done right now is when the Usos, and I'm going to say it, when. When the Usos win the tag belt, it's finally going to matter. The belts are going to matter when it's put on the Usos. And that's what they're doing right now. And you got the primetime players, and I love what they've done with AW. Uh, they've given now that rivalry with uh, uh, the Latino connection, uh, Primo and uh, Brainfart. Primo and 
Epico. Epico, thank you. I was still, I'm like Unico. No, it's definitely not Unico. It's Epico. Uh, you didn't know this guy's name? What? You know everything else about wrestling, but you didn't know this guy's name? I, I, again, I wanted to say Unico, and I'm like, I know it's not Unico. What's the other guy's name? Yeah, no, Epico. Primo and Epico. Unico, Epico, a Primo. I think there was a Carlito. And a, there was know, a Carlito at one point. Yeah, um, but now it gets like, some juice to that rivalry. I mean, AW leaving one, going to another, uh, gives some juice to a rivalry. I love AW and the mic. Um, I like what I'm seeing out of the primetime players. Um, the crowd's reacting. Tags are coming out to the ring, and the crowd is reacting. The primetime players are getting booed. A.W. is an obnoxious asshole. He, he represents everything people hate in sport, sports agents. You know, he's like that guy. When people think of Drew Rosenhaus and how much they hate sports agents, that's what A.W. is kind of embodying right now. He's garnering a visceral reaction, which is what we need in the tag team division. It's a good young division, and if they keep moving in this direction, uh, they can do a lot with these teams. And, you know, slowly but surely, the Usos are getting cheered more and more. It's a slow build, a slow build with these guys. And I wouldn't be surprised, and it'll be, it's not going to be the dark match. You, hear, you heard it here first. WrestleMania this year, not the dark match. The tag belts finally matter again. Usos are crowned the new tag team champs next WrestleMania, and and they get a huge pop, and tag team wrestling is back. Can't say the same thing for the U.S. title, but tag team wrestling is back. What do you think of that prediction? That's pretty bold. Um, I <laughs> I will agree that the titles will probably be defended on the show in some capacity. I just don't think the Usos will be the ones defending them or they'll be involved in the match. I'd like to see it happen. Don't get me wrong. But they have a tendency to deviate from the norm when it comes to the philosophy of tag team wrestling and then put two guys together who are main event guys. I mean, for, you know, we've seen DX, Sean and Hunter have the belts. We saw Jericho and Big Show had the belts, all like super teams, you know what I mean, which I don't mind that from time to time. You know what I mean? If they're going to give these guys something to do. But I also would like to see, like, I, like if, if you remember a couple of years back, Jericho and Big Show had the belts. They had a pretty good run with the tag team belts and made those belts in some fashion meaningful. And then at SummerSlam that year, 2009, they wrestled crime time. And no, I didn't think they had a chance in the world of losing, you know, facing crime time, but they were like, a main event on Raw when Shaq was the guest host. I mean, it, I thought at that point the tag team wrestling was going to be, you know, brought back to its prominence of the past. Um, I wouldn't mind, like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing like super teams form sometimes, as long as they're going to give some of the newer teams, the young and up and coming guys, a rub to you know further superstardom in the WWE. And that's a, that's a really good point. And that might be like the last ingredient right now is to put together one super team to really kind of put uh, the, the tag division on, on the map. Because then if you have them hold it for a while, you can make those belts mean something. The biggest problem, though, with some of these super teams is that, you know, oh, the co-holder of the tag championship will be wrestling blah, blah, blah tonight, and the other co-holder is wrestling blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why do you split up this team? 
if you put a, a super team together, like, I mean, whatever, let's just pick, let's just say even they go like Big Show and uh, let's who do we want to put Big Show with? Let's put Big Show with someone. Uh, we put Big Show with, if Jericho comes back, they reunite Jericho. show. Why not? You know, have them wrestle as a tag team. I don't want to see either one of them in, in singles competition. You put them together as a team, keep them as a team. Wrestle as a tag team and pay-per-views. I don't want to see the co-holder wrestling in a singles match. I want to see tag matches. You're going to put together a super team? Put together a super team. How about that? You know, they've wrestled. They've had somewhat of an allegiance. Put Big Show with David Tunga. Have those guys as a tag team a little while. Help help Otunga get over a little bit more as, as a heel, uh, as a big-time heel. I like what I'm seeing out of, out of Otunga. Get, make that a super team. But you know what? I don't want to see them wrestling singles. Have them wrestle as a tag team week in and week out. Make tag team wrestling matter. Make them run rough through the division. And then finally someone, a team finally gets over on them. You know, that's a way to build it back up. So I, I agree with you. Maybe creating one super team right now uh, might be the way to go in the tag team division. But like I said, keep them wrestling as a tag team. Don't make them wrestle as, as singles competitors. Um, but I do think they're definitely moving in the right direction as far as where they're going with uh, team wrestling. Um, Dave, just curiosity, what did you think of the pay-per-view last week? Well, <laughs> if if technology didn't want to fuck me up the ass again, like it has two weeks on a Ken Reedy show, um, I attended. I, I attempted to go to a Hooters, and for some reason the DirecTV feed wasn't working. There was the basketball game on. And then I went to another Hooters, and the same thing happened. So then I found some local sports bar nearby, and I ended up catching uh, – I, I walked in during the uh, the, uh, the the beginning of the Divas match, um, and I saw from there on the rest of the show. Um, from what I saw, it was solid. I mean, I can't complain. I was disappointed I did not get to see Dolph Ziggler and Sheamus because I was really looking forward to that match. And I, it's funny, I was I was logging on to Facebook while I was trying to find a place to watch it, and they, someone said, "Oh, Ziggler Sheamus opens up the show. Crowd in Jersey's pretty hot for Ziggler." Um, and I was like, damn, I really wanted to see that. But um, I missed that match. And then there were a couple of, like, added bonus matches. Like, they think they added uh, uh, they added that four-way tag match, um, which I didn't get to see. But I saw the, the highlight on Raw when they showed the clip of uh, Tyson Kidd giving the Hurricane Rana the primo from the outside to all seven of the other guys on the floor. I thought that was pretty cool. Um I mean, there was some filler stuff. The Hunico, the Hunico Sin Cara match, we've seen that on SmackDown. Um, the cage match was not bad. I mean, it was okay. It was what it was. It made sense that, you know, to keep the, the aura of Big Show as, like, this monster that it took a couple of guys to help, you know, beat him, you know, help John Cena beat him because those guys had taken beatings from Big Show in previous weeks. Uh, the triple threat was good. Um I you know I wasn't really sold on Kane being involved in the match in the beginning, but now I'm I'm uh, you know I, I kind of like where it's going and possibly you know what, what you know what's going to come of it. It was a solid show. It was, it was like I look at it like it was like a really good three hour RAW with just a lot of matches. I mean I didn't I missed the Triple H announcement too that he wanted to fight Lesnar at SummerSlam, but 
from what I saw, it was a solid show. I, I, it wasn't anything terrible on it. I loved, I will say this, I loved the the the, the suit John Laurinaitis was wearing. I thought that was so <laughs> funny, so cool. I was like, I gotta have that. I'm like the you know the red, white, and blue, the people power. You know, I thought that was so cool. But other than that, I mean, it was solid. I got no complaints. I can agree with you more. It, it was kind of. Um... It was like a, it was a good Raw or a good SmackDown. It, it was weird for me. Like it wasn't. It didn't have that special feel. Um, it didn't have that pay-per-view feel. But everything was was solid. Everything was good. Um, I, I will say this: as much as um, they didn't do a good, and now that was part of the problem because pay-per-views and you know we didn't talk and we've talked at nauseum about you know the build to pay-per-views and. You know, how do you you know, build a substantial storyline? Or I mean, sometimes it's it's only a couple weeks uh, between pay per views. Uh, you know, how do you build uh, substantial storylines? They never did a good job uh, between Punk and uh, Daniel Bryan in putting real legitimate heat between the two of them. Um, and they could have. Uh, those two guys can. They both can talk to a certain extent. They both can perform. Um, I don't know what the feelings were. There's some politics involved. Um, never really did a good job uh, really building heat just between those two. Um, the AJ thing, I was not sold on. It, got, it just wasn't working for me. However, I will say this. Um, I, I'm kind of intrigued by it now. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it. It's, uh, look... I, Again, we've all, when wrestling is good, wrestling is an exaggerated form of real life. That's what makes wrestling good. So when, you know, when we talked about having a bad boss, you know, we talked about GMs, you know, we've all had a bad boss. It's an exaggerated form of that. That's when wrestling is good. And let's face it, men, talking to you guys out there, all the men out there, you know what I'm talking about. We've all dated at least one psycho. We all have, you know. Unfortunately, dated more than one, but go ahead. I was ahead. just going to say, quite possibly more than one. Uh, okay. So that psycho female playing guys off of each other, it kind of works. It, it, it works. She's using her body, her sexuality, her uh, batting her eyelashes to uh, manipulate what men will do. And... Who among us has not been manipulated at one point or another by a good-looking woman? So um, it's interesting to watch. Uh, I, so I'm, I'm kind of intrigued that I, I do think that the storyline, as much as the paper you didn't provide us with uh, a, a real legit payoff or, or a, a you know so like a real good ending to a feud that you kind of would want to see out of a pay-per-view. I do think that they did a good job as far as kind of setting up new stuff. Like, where is this AJ thing going to go? And, and that, I think, was cool with the, the way that triple threat match ended. Uh, we don't know where that's going to go. Um, so, I mean, that worked. Um, the rest of the pay-per-view, look, Dolph Ziggler, great. We, we've expounded his virtues many a times on this show. Uh, I don't know where they're going to go with him. I know they're trying to build up Sheamus. It's obvious that that's, that's the intent is let's make Sheamus look strong. Um, but, you know, he's made Ziggler his bitch a number of times now. And, I, you know, I don't know where you go with Ziggler. Um, 
you know, maybe Ziggler's a guy to move into the tag division for a little while. Uh, I, I don't know. We're in the IC title picture. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, for those of us who are fans of Ziggler's, um, and there are a lot of us, and the crowd was hot for Ziggler last week. Every time we think, you know, we're moving towards, like, this is it. This is it for Zig. He's getting his big push. This is his his move into the main event picture. Now he gets a heavyweight title shot at a pay-per-view, and it opens the pay-per-view. So, it, you know, I'm curious what the, the offices think of, of Dolph Ziggler and, and how far they can go with him. Obviously a smaller guy. Um, you know, they're doing a nice job at, at uh, adding some prestige back to the IC title. I wouldn't necessarily be opposed for him uh, being in that title picture right now. I mean, Ziggler versus Christian works for me. Ziggler versus uh, Cody Rhodes works for me. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys in that picture. You know, you throw Swagger into the mix for the IC title. Those guys have some good matches. Uh you know, that works for me. I just don't know exactly where they they want to go with, with Ziggler at this time. Um, good match, and it's interesting. I wish, you know, in an on-top matchup, you know, maybe Ziggler wins, even if he wins by cheating. Because uh, Ziggler makes Sheamus look really good. Uh, they definitely have some ring chemistry. I think Ziggler makes everyone look good, but he really... There's, there's some chemistry between the two of them. I could see Sheamus and Ziggler... Uh, you know, their their careers being tied together because uh, they really looked good. Um, but again, the, the pay-per-view as a whole, it was like a solid SmackDown or, or a, a solid Raw. So, uh, you know, good, not great. And, and as I said right now, compared to the last TNA pay-per-view, uh, right now in this man's whole opinion, uh, TNA is putting out a better product than the WWE. There, I said it again. But you know what it's time for? The Ken Reedy Show, Nod of Approval. Yeah, it's time for the Ken Reedy Show. Not of approval. I know what you're all thinking out there. And really, you know, I appreciate it. But you're all thinking the nod of approval for, for you guys is probably my Samoan chant. I know that's got to be what gets the nod of approval is, is my Samoan chant. So, you know, I, I'm not going to bust it out again. You know, I'm sure in future shows it might have to be a staple uh, to bust it out. But uh, no, don't, don't like, you don't have to write in. I get it. I get it. The, it was tremendous. But anyway, the the... Not Approval is a segment that we have on the Ken Reedy Show where we pick something that went on during the week in professional wrestling. It could be a person, it could be a match, it could be a, an event, it could be a TV show, uh, it could be an outfit if you like. But it's something you saw in the world of pro... There it is, the Samoan dance back again. Yeah, it came back. <laughs> Now it's like in, entrenched in me now. I'm just like, I'm, I'm speaking in tongues all of a sudden. Um, it is something uh, you like in the world of pro wrestling. So let's get right into it. On the Facebook page, and keep them coming, facebook.com slash Henry Show. Joe Mikos gives us Tyson Kidd and the rest of the guys in the four-way tech pay-per-view. The Huracarana to the outside of the floor made me nod with approval. 
That's what we're talking about, Joe. That's what we're saying. Tag Team Wrestling is back, and we're happy to hear it. Joe Mikos, that's his not approval. Ontario Hewitt, do you know who I am? Joe Mikos, again, the second thing that made him nod this week. You know what? I don't like to let this happen, but for this one time, this one time, Joe, I'm going to let it slide. But he gives us a second nod of approval. And interesting. New season of NXT. Bray Wyatt and The Ascension both seem pretty cool. So NXT, that's a first. NXT getting a nod of approval here on the Ken Reedy Show. And you can keep them coming. We'll read them for as long as we can. But Dank, who was on the show before, said this, and he reiterated John Cena and any superstar who takes time to, vi- to visit children who use their wish to spend some time with their heroes. To me, that's what makes me like or dislike a wrestler. So, again, um, John Cena, thing with sick children, his 300th wish granted. Uh, Got to go. I mean, that's, that's a great nod of approval. So, uh, it's a good point, Dang. So, that's Dang nod of approval. Dave, who you got this week? This week... I thought of it. There weren't too many things that stuck out to me, but I'm going to give the nod of approval. I, I was originally going to give it to John Laurinaitis' suit. So I think that <laughs> thing is fucking pimping. I, I'm serious. Like they need to put that up like on the on like at next year at like fan access at WrestleMania and the fan, the fan access convention. They need to put that suit up like you know with all the other memorabilia. I think that'd be so. That one and the one he wore at WrestleMania, the white one, the the, the brother love knockoff. But I think we need to get matching suits for next year's WrestleMania. That would be fucking dope. <laughs> I'm I'm down for that. Let's do it seriously. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm down for that. We could discuss that later in the post show right. meeting. But um, anyhow, I was gonna go with that. Then I thought to myself, you know, the suit will look better on me, so I'd have to give myself the nod of approval. And I'm not about that. I'm a person. I'm a, I'm a I'm a co-host of the people for the Ken Reedy Show. Okay, for all the, for all the, uh, the 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 creepers out there, the the Ken Reedy Show peeps. I'm I'm, I'm a co-host for the people. So this week, my nod of approval goes to. That crazy chick, AJ. I think, <laughs> and I know a crazy chick when I see one because I've dated quite a few, and I've been on the short end of a stick of uh, crazy chicks before. But with her, she has put her, you know, that storyline is not about the championship anymore, which it should be. But it's still interesting that she's, you know, you don't know what she's going to do. She's nuts. She, she she used to have a relationship with Daniel Bryan, but, you know, she 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 likes Punk, and she helped Punk win on Sunday, but she's got this thing for Kane, and then she helped Kane win on Friday. And, you know, like, she's you don't know what's going on in her head, and it's got people talking, and it's interesting. And, you know, we, for all we know, there could be a, a fourth person that could get involved in this, and this chick could, you know, be interested in somebody else. I mean, she's the, 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 the Divas Championship, the women's title, has no relevance whatsoever. It was on the pay per view the other night, but that was it. Like there was there wasn't any importance about that match and it's sad because Beth Phoenix is a great women's wrestler, but AJ is the most talked about chick in that company right now. And she's involved with three guys who were, you know, at the top of the at the top of the food chain in the WWE. So I think that's good for her because I didn't really care for her too much in the beginning, but since since uh, they started, since they were more serious about pairing her up with Daniel Bryan and the aftermath after the 18-second loss he had at WrestleMania, 
she's played her part really well, and I, I, good for her. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Good for her. You know, I, I like it, and you know the 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 stare back at Punk on Sunday when Kane was carrying her out. I was like, oh shit, and that kind of got my nod of approval. And then Monday, she when she did the skip around the ring with Kane's mask, that got my nod of approval. And then when she rang the bell on Friday. It, it, prematurely before the match could even end. And then afterwards, when Kane finally won, and the look she gave Kane, I was like, that that gets my nod of approval. And it all had her involved in all three of those segments, Sunday, Monday, and Friday. So overwhelmingly, nod of approval goes to that crazy bitch, AJ. Yeah, I, I, and you bring up a lot of good points. And, and the one thing that I do like about the, the AJ thing is sky's the limit. I mean, you bring up uh, the point that, you know, the, the women's match uh, didn't matter nearly as much as what AJ was doing, but do they parlay that into something in the women's division? You know, if if AJ all of a sudden decides she wants the Diva belt, um, that that match holds some interest. There's some interest there. You know, what's the psycho going to do uh, going for the Diva's belt? Um, as a fan... And, and you know as well as I do, Dave, we've watched this shit for a long time. We probably logged way too many hours of our lives watching wrestling, uh, watching wrestling tapes, watching wrestling DVDs, watching TV shows, just watching as much wrestling as we possibly can. Um, but what happens as a, a big wrestling fan, things become predictable. You kind of know where things are going to go. Um, what I dig in the AJ thing is, you know what, storyline-wise, I could see AJ with Kane. They've done the chick thing before with Kane. They they do it again. You know what? I could see her being with Punk. I could see her kind of being a, a psycho valet. Punk came out with his T-shirt that says, I like psycho chicks. Um, I like crazy chicks, rather. Um, you know, that works for him. You know, he's a big Macho Man fan, kind of a... A crazier, weirder version of uh, Macho Man Elizabeth. She becomes his kind of Elizabeth. Uh, you know, maybe they go that route. Ooh, you know, yeah. I could see them going the route where she gets back together with Daniel Bryan. That Daniel Bryan realizes the error of his ways and would rather have a psychopath like that in his corner rather than against him. So I could yeah. see that working. So everything that they've done right now in that storyline. Uh, it's got me guessing, and and that's a good thing. Uh, you know, when you're wondering, well, where can they go with this? So, kudos to you, Dave. That, that's a good nod. A chick. Is that the first chick to get the nod of approval here? Well, I've given nods of approval to many chicks over the years, but that's for other reasons. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I might be the first one on this show. I, I don't know. I, I'll have to go back through the archives and spend countless hours listening to our shows <laughs> like I do with like I do with wrestling DVDs and tapes. That's probably the reason why I'm not living the American dream with a nice house, a wife, and kids because my time is consumed with wrestling. But fuck it. Exactly. <laughs> That's a my not approval this week. And as much as I, I do agree with Dave and I agree with uh, everyone that has written in and thank you all for writing in. Keep them coming. Um, my not of approval goes to Austin Aries. Uh, love what the guy is doing uh, and continues to do. And I don't think he's going to win the, the TNA title um, at Destination X. However, uh, his 
Smalls, his in-ring work have just been phenomenal. His exchange with Hulk Hogan uh, the past two weeks has been uh, great. And like I've said before, I'm a wrestling fan. I've always liked the, the guys. I've always been more of a fan of the bigger guys and the smaller guys. For for myself, uh, you got to have a, a pretty spectacular talent uh, for me to get into you as as a smaller wrestler and uh, Austin Aries is it. He's it on the microphone. Uh, he he's killer in his promos. Uh, he kind of has a, a heel persona, but makes it work as a face. Uh, the crowd is totally into him. Uh, like I said before, his exchanges with Hulk Hogan were phenomenal. Uh, you know the back and forth with him, and he was with his in ring work with everything he was doing and what he was bringing to the, the X Division title, he, he was bringing that title up. He was raising the level of that title. Um, and I'm not saying that title was being shit on by any stretch of the imagination, but he was definitely raising the bar with that belt. Uh, he was bringing that belt a tremendous amount of prestige. He was, you know, he was the guy. He was, he was giving you a five-star match every time he was setting foot in the ring, and you wanted to see that X Division title defended. Uh, the promo and whoever it was, whether it was Austin Aries, whether it was Hulk Hogan, whether it was someone back in creative, whoever's idea it was to to come out with option C, option C, that from this point forward, we're going to Destination X, the X Division title holder has an opportunity to drop that belt to go after the TNA heavyweight title. Just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It without just with a promo, just just with that whole exchange, you raise that belt even more. It adds intrigue, more intrigue now to Destination X. Uh, it's a choice, so you could have uh, certain years. You could have a uh, guy say, "No, man, I'm keeping my belt." Uh, but you open it up to uh, tournaments, uh, perhaps at pay per views. Uh, you know, crazy. Uh, you know, X division type matches for the title. Uh, you know, it, it just it, it adds so much um, prestige to that championship belt. Uh, I, I just hope he's done with everything. Again, I don't see him win the TNA title, but this is going to be a kick-ass rivalry. The two of them, Bobby Roode and Austin Aries, jawing at each other going forward is going to be tremendous. It's going to be good TV. It's going to be good live TV for TNA. And the blow-off match between the two of these guys, to me, is going to be absolutely stellar. I'm so looking forward to these two wrestling. So everything that Austin Aries has brought to TNA Impact Wrestling, and he's brought to the X Division, and his promo this past week with Hulk Hogan, Austin Aries gets my nod of approval. And there you have it. Austin Aries, AJ. Get the two nods of approval this week on the Ken Reedy Show. The Ken Reedy Show nod of approval. Killer show, Dave. Killer show with a minute left. Any last parting thoughts you got for our fans out there? Before we get to that, just thank you all for listening. Keep tuning in each and every week. 
6 to 8 p.m. on Sundays and check out the new and improved website. Dave, you got anything, any parting shots? I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Keep, like, I, like, like Ken said, keep listening. The show is growing. It's growing because of the two of us, and we work hard to entertain each and every one of you, and we're glad that you're along for this uh, marvelous ride. Could have said it better myself. Be sure, check us out on Facebook. Always got stuff going on on Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Every Monday night, during Monday Night Raw, we're discussing stuff on the page. Jump on in on our Raw chat. Also, if you happen to be in the Congress area, the show has spawned a wrestling night, Peppermill South in Congress, each and every week. We're there. Hank just hanging out, watching Raw. Never know who's going to be there. It's a great night, and it's Dallas Tacos night. Come on down. Follow us on Twitter. Check out the new and improved website. Check out the poll questions. For Diamond Dave, I am Ken Reedy. This is the Ken Reedy Show. Good night.